Welcome to Striving for Revival with Justin Cooper, Assistant Pastor at North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California. This broadcast will challenge and encourage God's people to seek revival. We pray you'll be blessed as you listen to Striving for Revival. Welcome to the Striving for Revival radio broadcast. This is Pastor Justin Cooper coming to today from the KNVBC studio at the North Valley Baptist Church here in Santa Clara, California. My order privilege it is to have you join me for the broadcast today. And what an honor is mine to take the King James Bible and to share with you some eternal truth from the very Word of God. Now, if you're just joining us, we are in James chapter number 3. We have been studying verse by verse through the New Testament, and it's brought us now to the book of James. We've gone through James chapter 1, James chapter 2, and last broadcast we began in James chapter number 3. Now, if you'll remember, James was the half-brother of Jesus, and James is the pastor of the church in Jerusalem, and he's writing a general epistle. What that means is he's not writing to a specific man, he's not writing to a specific church, but he's writing rather to the 12 tribes that are scattered abroad, as it says in the opening verse of this uh, letter. James touches on issues that were prevalent in these early churches, and they're still uh, available to find, if you will, in churches in our generation. And he deals with things like trials and testings and temptation and hearing the Bible but not putting it into practice. He deals with the need for works to accompany your uh, faith. After you get saved, you ought to serve Jesus, and your faith ought to be lived out in your community and uh, in the lives of others. He talks about not having this respect of persons when it comes to people who come to your church. You ought not have the good seats for certain people in the bad seats for others, but everyone ought to be welcomed, loved, and helped when they come to the house of God. Now we come to chapter number three. James is dealing with the tongue, and he's not dealing with the tongue as far as the physical aspect, but the theological aspect or the uh, spiritual aspect, and he's dealing with the tongue in the sense of gossip, not controlling the tongue, using your tongue to hurt to harm, to cut, to run down, to trash other people. Now, I know there's not a soul listening to me right now that does that. I know everybody who's listening to me right now, you totally control your tongue. You never fly off the handle. You never talk bad about people. You never gossip. I understand that. But just for the sake of going through the Bible, we still probably ought to go through these verses. So James is dealing with this, uh, quote-unquote, freedom of speech looking at it through the lens of the Word of God. Now, we believe in freedom of speech in our secular society in America, but when it comes to Christians, you should not practice freedom of speech. You should practice spirit-led speech. Your speech should be brought into the captivity of Christ just like every other area of your life. So the problem in the churches he's addressing is the problem of gossip. And every one of us who is saved ought to guard against gossip. You say, well, I don't gossip, but everybody comes to me with it. Oh, brother, come on now. If you didn't listen to it, they wouldn't tell you. And if you listen, you're just as guilty as the party who's spewing it out. So let's deal with this issue of the tongue. Now, James gave us the illustration of a bridle in the mouth of a horse. He also gave us the illustration of a helm on a large ship. And just as that small bridle can turn a big horse, and just as that small helm can steer a giant ship, so the tongue can take over 
the body. We uh, Somebody said he gets his mind to go on, then his tongue starts working, and he forgets the mind part, and that happens to a lot of people. And so James is dealing with those things as we look here in this epistle. All right, so James is dealing with controlling the tongue and the need to control the tongue and all of these different things. So we're going to look at that as we study through our verses today. Now, we're not talking about the chemistry of the tongue. Again, we're talking about the theology of the tongue. In verse number six, he makes the statement, the tongue's a fire, a world of iniquity. So is the tongue among our members, that it defileth the whole body and setteth on fire the course of nature. And this is strong language. It is set on fire of hell. The tongue is the most dangerous weapon in the world. I'll say it again. The tongue is the most dangerous weapon in the world. It's more deadly than uh, an atom bomb. It's more deadly than some kind of a, a virus. It's more deadly than any kind of a chemical warfare. It's, it's a dangerous thing. Somebody made a statement. They said it's a miracle uh, in Balaam's day that that donkey could speak. But can I say, we see that miracle reproduced almost every Sunday from somebody. Uh, there's donkeys speaking all the time. The Bible says that we're to control our tongue. The story's told of a man who'd been fishing out on a pier for several hours, and he hadn't caught anything. And two women walked out on the pier, and he finally pulled in a fish. It wasn't very big, and that happens sometimes. The bad thing about being a fisherman is when you catch something not very big and you have a witness because then your story doesn't grow. But anyway, this man, he caught this little fish. He pulled, in, he pulled it in, and one of those women looked uh, uh, at it and said, Aren't you ashamed of yourself for so cruelly catching that poor little fish? And the man, without even looking up, said, Maybe you're right, lady, but if the fish had kept his mouth shut, he wouldn't have got caught. Isn't that so true? How much trouble could you and I avoid in life if we just keep our mouth shut? How many church splits could have been avoided had somebody kept their mouth shut? How many folks could have avoided divorce if they'd have kept their mouth shut? How many people wouldn't have lost their job had they learned to keep their mouth shut? How many staff members would have been asked to leave a church ministry had they learned to keep their mouth shut? How many friendships would still be strong had one of those two kept their mouth shut. Another one said, if your lips would keep from slips, five things to observe with care to whom you speak, of whom you speak, and how, and when, and where. The importance of the tongue has been expressed in many different ways. And uh, I, Charles Spurgeon, uh, in one of his sermons, quoted this, the boneless tongue, so small and weak, can crush and kill, declared the Greek. The tongue destroys a greater horde the Turk asserts, then does the sword. A Persian proverb wisely saith, a lengthy tongue and early death, or sometimes takes this form instead. Don't let your tongue cut off your head. The tongue can speak a word whose speed, the Chinese say, outstrips the steed. While Arab sages this impart, the tongue's great storehouse is the heart. From Hebrew wit this maxim sprung, though feet should slip, ne'er let the tongue. The sacred rider crowns the whole, who keeps his tongue doth keep his soul. And so James is writing with that emphasis in James chapter number three. He's emphasizing the importance, the essential uh, need for you and I to watch what we say. You remember the phrase, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. Well, that's just not true. 
Sticks and stones hurt, and so do words. In fact, sometimes words can hurt worse than physical harm can. And you can say something in passing to someone that maybe didn't mean a whole lot to you, and yet it'll affect their life for days, weeks. They might uh, they might lose sleep over it. One thing you say. I might be talking to somebody right now via this broadcast that you have no fellowship with your friend anymore because of something you said. You can't go to family get-togethers anymore because there's a, uh, there's a uh, rift there because of something that you said. You might have uh, lost respect among your peers as a preacher because of something that you said. I think about the poem, a careless word may kindle strife, a cruel word may wreck a life, a bitter word may hate and still, a brutal word may smite and kill, a gracious word may soothe the way, a joyous word may light the day, a timely word may lessen stress, a loving word may heal and bless. And so there's much power in one word. There's much power in one statement. You have to have command. You have to have control. You have to have this conquering of the tongue. Just like that little bridle, just like that little helm, it can do a whole lot of damage. Just like a little spark can set a whole forest on fire. An acre upon acre upon acre of land is burned and consumed. So your tongue, though it's a small thing, can cause big issues. I think about that horse with all of his rippling muscles, all of his body weight, and yet that bridle steers him left to right at its whim. I think about that mighty ship. I mean, uh, the waves themselves seem to drive it, but it has to be fierce to move it. That, that ship is heavy, and yet that little helm can be turned with a slight flick of the wrist by the captain, and that ship goes to the right or to the left. It controls the whole thing, and so the tongue's a little member. And it boasteth great things. Behold, how great a little, a uh, great a matter, a little fire kindleth. I want to challenge you today. We talked about the tongue last broadcast. We talked about the tongue this broadcast. We might talk about the tongue next broadcast because the tongue causes so much hurt and harm to the work of God. God gave you a mouth to glorify Him. He gave you vocal cords to sing his praises. He gave you a tongue to edify your brethren, not to slander, not to gossip, not to criticize, not to hurt, but to lift up. Until next time, pray for revival. Thank you for joining us today for Striving for Revival with Justin Cooper, assistant pastor at North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California. Listen at this time every weekday as we strive for revival.